friends, welcome back to The Word is Resistance, the podcast where we're exploring what our sacred texts have to teach us about living, surviving, even thriving in the context of empire, tyranny, violence, and repression, the times in which we are living today. What do our sacred stories have to teach us as white folks about our role in resistance, in showing up, and in liberation? My name is Reverend Ann Dunlap. I'm a UCC pastor doing community ministry for racial justice and solidarity here in Denver, Colorado. You can learn more about me at fiercerevremedies.com. I also coordinate faith work for showing up for racial justice or Surge nationally. This podcast is a project of Surge Faith. I'm grateful to be with you today wherever you are listening to this right now. And today's podcast is a special live recording of a sermon I gave on May 17th, 2017 at a service in honor and memory of Dr. Vincent Harding, organized with immense love and care by the National Association of Pan-African Students at the Iliff School of Theology. Dr. Harding was a beloved mentor to me and to so many, and it was my honor to share a word on Wednesday in his memory and to share it with you now as well. Included here are the readings for the service as well. Dr. Harding transitioned over on May 19th, 2014. We miss him still. May these words offered in his spirit bless you in the deep ways you need blessing. Humanized society, 
not equal opportunity and dehumanized one. Together, we may stand in the river, transformed and transforming, listening to its laughter and burning with its tears, recognizing in the ancient flow the indelible marks of human blood, yet grounded and buoyed by hope, courage, and unfathomable, amazing grace. Keeping the faith, creating new faith, we may enter the terrible and magnificent struggle. I am two passengers on your free or die railroad. Conduct me. My, my hidden mouth is a sky in pain, is a river under the ocean, is my mother's lacework bones, world up gifts and labors, words that ride on moss and starshine, words that run. Yet, I understand the essence of what I have done, and beyond celebration, analysis, beyond narrative and documentation, there is still more. Somewhere near the heart of the work is a search for meaning, an attempt to apprehend and share with others my own tentative grasp of the harrowing and terrifying beauty of my people's pilgrimage in this strangely promised land. Why did it happen? Why were we chosen to be chosen if we were? How, in the midst of such death and suffering, we find so much strength to love, so much determination to live, fight on, and be free. In permanent and grueling exile, how could a people dance and create songs and art, fashion institutions of hope, and bear so many children of beauty? In the land of our captivity, subject to a host of attempts at dehumanization and humiliation, how and why? that we become the nation's foremost champions of human freedom and social justice, creators of so many of its most native rhythms of life. And what now is our future and in, in this nation's destiny? If those costly creative black visions of hope, long nurtured in the fires of persecution, should be broken, bastardized, or meanly forgotten in the ruthless and unprincipled process of Americanization, Without meaning, we lose ourselves, our fellow humans, and other creatures, with, with, with the earth, our mother, and with the cosmos itself. Without the search for meaning, the quest for vision, there can be no authentic movement towards liberation, no true identity or radical integration of an individual or people. Above all, there is no vision. So if there is no vision, we lose the sense our greatest power to trans transcend history and create a new future for ourselves and with others, and we perish utterly in hopelessness, mutual terror, and despair. Therefore, the quest is not a luxury. Life itself demands it of us. There is no scarcity. There is no struggle. No lack of love, of compassion, of joy in the world. There is enough. There is more than enough. Only fear and greed make us think otherwise. No one needs starve. There is enough land and enough food. No one need die of thirst. There is enough water. No one need live without mercy. There is no end to grace. And we are all instruments of grace. The more we give it, the more we share it, the more we use it, the more God makes. There is no scarcity of love. There is plenty and always more. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. 
the holy habitation of the beloved one. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning comes. The nations are in an uproar. The empires totter. She utters her voice and the earth comes. The divine one of our struggle is with us. The God of our ancestors is our refuge. Our scripture reading this morning is Psalm 46, verses 1 through 7, and I invite you at a later time to look on page 4 of our program to see how this passage directly impacts Dr. Harding's life. Brian uh, already read this for you, so when I read it through again, I want you to listen for the phrase that hits your story. And take that phrase out after we're done and live your story in the way that Dr. Harding would have encouraged you to do. Listen now to the song of scripture. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Beloved One. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The empires totter. She utters her voice and the earth melts. The divine one of our struggle is with us. The God of our ancestors is our refuge. Thanks be to God. There is a river. Say it back to me. There is a river. There is a river. There is a river. There is a river. Feel that all the way down in your bones, what that feels like. There is a river whose streams make glad the cities of God. There is a river. There is a river. The black struggle for freedom at its heart, a profoundly human quest for transformation. There is a river. There is a river. Will you please pray with me? God of life, of liberation, of rivers, and of our struggle, we give you thanks this day for each of the elements, the air that is our breath, the fire that is our passion and transformation, for water that is our dreams and visions, and for the earth and all that nourishes us. We give you thanks for the ancestors with us, the great cloud of witnesses, their stories, the good that they did, the love that they shared, and especially this day, Dr. Vincent Harding and Rosemary Freeney Harding, 
Thank you for this moment, divine creator of us all. And may the words of our mouths be your words. May the words of our ears be your words. And may the words of our hearts be your words. In the name of our brother Jesus, and his mama Mary, and his mama's mama Anne. Amen. Here by the river, I stand in immense gratitude to the leaders of Nablus for offering this space that is so filled with Dr. Harding's spirit. Radira and Candace and Bridie and Mina and Eldon and to Daryl. Dr. Harding would be so proud of you and of your leadership, not only at Island, but in the world. It is a humbling gift and responsibility to offer words in honor and memory of Dr. Vincent Harding, beloved mentor to me, and as you know, so many. Yes. Especially for those of you who did not know him in his physical, earthbound body. So let me begin when, where one always begins with Dr. Harding. My name is Anne Drager Dunlap, and I grew up in Monticello, Arkansas. My mama's mama's name is Judith Patricia Draper Dunlap, and she grew up in Neosho, Missouri. And my mama's mama's name is, was Eunice Marie Johnson Draper Neal, and she grew up in Coffee County, Kansas. That's how I have it written in my notes. October 10th, 2007, History of Christianity in the Modern World, when Dr. Harding came to help us wrestle with David Walker's appeal. I have so many stories, as all of us do, obviously, this morning with Dr. Harding. My favorite, though, my favorite is not the first time we met in January of 2006 when I asked him how I could deal with the fact that my white ancestors were slaveholders and Indian killers. And he said, quite patiently, well, sister, wrestle till you get a blessing from it. My favorite story is not the time we sat at our kitchen table talking about the wisdom of the ancestors and the spirituals Lay down your sword and shield, he cried, leaning forward and not quite banging on the table for emphasis. But Dr. Harding, we protested. Without a shield, how are we protected? Exactly. His eyes flashed with that big grin he could have. Our protection comes from somewhere else, somewhere deeper, from God, from the ancestors. That's actually a pretty favorite story, but it's not the favorite. Nor is the time, every single time I'd seen him after I graduated, and he'd ask me, Sister, what kind of trouble are you getting into these days? <laughs> no, my favorite story is actually a dream. It would have been almost exactly right now, in mid-May of 2008, that I had this dream. See, my friend and then Irish student Mark Freeland and I were about to go on trial for our part in shutting down the Columbus Day Parade on October 6th of 2007. About 90 people got 
rest of that day, including 11 Iowa students and alums. Mark and I were the next to last trial that started on May the 19th. May the 19th. And the week before, I had this dream. I was walking with a small group of people around some buildings towards a courthouse. As in life, I was anxious and scared about the trial, but I felt alone in this group. We came out into this courtyard, open and grassy, and there was Dr. Hardin, a giant, like 10 feet tall, <laughs> smiling at me, delighted, and he picked me up and he cradled me in his arms. And he rocked me to and fro, delighted, dancing, all the while smiling down at me. Without words, he made clear he was proud of me, that I would do just fine, that I would be okay, that I was loved and not alone. That's how he was, you see. He made you believe something more was possible, even in yourself. Nancy and I ran into him in the Isleth lobby the next day. I was so shy. But she made me. I'm sorry, she invited me to talk about a dream. So I did. And he smiled and he hugged me and thanked me for what I had done and promised to pray for me, for us. There is a river. Yes, there, is. there is a river. There is a river that makes glad the cities of God. Since Dr. Harding died three years ago, I've talked to him almost every day. Mm -hmm. Dr. Harding, what do I do now? What do we do now? And I ask him, I ask him often, how did you do it? you seem to stay so grounded, so loving all the time, especially with us white folk, we surely must have tried your patience more than once. <laughs> you know we did. Oh, he asked hard things of us, to be sure. What kind of trouble are you getting into? Wrestle till you get a blessing from it. Just be the best Karen you can be. Is America possible? What does it mean to be fully human? And he could be firm and clear in naming the harm that white supremacy and capitalism and other oppressions cause, including when they showed up in his classroom and in us. This was the man who wrote Beyond Vietnam, after all. He was not afraid to tell the truth. <laughs> and yet, Dr. Harding, how did you do it? With all that you saw and lived and bore, how are you not just angry all the time and bitter? Dr. Harding, how did you love us? The magnificent mess that we are, as you like to say. How did you love us so much? So much. There is a river. There is a river. A river that moves towards freedom. 
In Remnants, Rosemary and Vincent's daughter, Dr. Rachel Harding, tells the story of her father at Rosemary's first memorial after her death. At that first memorial, the one in Chicago, Rachel says, my father stood up and told everyone how Mama had inspired and directed him to be the kind of teacher, writer, and pastoring presence he became. He said, when Rose and I were first married, I sometimes spoke in a judgmental way. I had a tendency to lecture in hard, harsh tones, especially about racial justice issues, criticizing people for what they were not doing and doing wrong. My manner could be rough, even caustic at times. Rose observed me for a while, and then she took me aside and said to me, Vincent, you're a good speaker, but you can be very critical. People need encouragement. If you can give them that, it will inspire them to know they can change. Judgmental, hard, harsh, rough, caustic, those are not the words that I think of when I think of Dr. Hardy. Anybody else? <laughs> it was such a startling thing to read. It turns out maybe Dr. Harding didn't just spring fully formed from Sojourner Treat's head, all of huge, generous, patient heart from day one. Yeah. No. He had to listen to her voice. He had to listen to the voice of the Divine Feminine. The Divine Feminine pouring forth like a river from the mouth of Rosemary Franey Harding. She utters her voice earth melts. And if we want to be like Dr. Harding, although he would tell us we have to be like ourselves, but if we want to be like Dr. Harding, to hold each other in the struggle like he did, maybe we start here, listening to the voice of the Divine Feminine pouring forth like rivers, like rivers of life from the mouths of black women, black fans, black queer and trans women. Did you hear her words? There is enough. There is more than enough, Vincent. No one need live without mercy. There is no end to grace. There is no scarcity of love. There is plenty and always more. See, that's the Dr. Harding I knew. And maybe that's what he's teaching us with that story of how he loved Stories, that story to teach us when times are hard and aren't they always hard, when the nations are in an uproar, when the empires are tottering and times are growing rough and caustic. Listen to her voice, the divine feminine. There is more than enough, Anne. Maybe he's trying to teach us. That's how you find your way back to the river, how you find your feet in the current, listening to her voice, her voice. Because aren't the nations in an uproar? Y'all are Olympians, I'll spare you the litany, but the nations, are we not in an uproar? The empires tiring, collapsing, lashing out in destruction till their last breath. And I don't know about you, but I'm just a little bit scared. Here at the river's edge, what if we don't survive this? Dr. Harding, if there were ever 
a time we needed you is now. We will never not need you, Dr. Hardin. What do we do now, Dr. Hardin? She utters her voice. The earth melts. And here at this river, we stand. With Rosemary's voice echoing in our ears, there is enough. There is more than enough. And this river, this river of black struggle, this river moving towards the ocean of humankind's most courageous hopes for freedom and integrity, this river of possibility, when we take responsibility for our own future, he says, not waiting on presidents or charismatic leaders or impeachment or political parties to save us, but we ourselves, the people, wading into this water, wading into this river of struggle, all of us who remember our course, he says, all of us in this river, there is a river, there is a river, the great ocean of humanity's best hope. We are the river, he says. All of us and the ancestors are in the river. Jesus is in the river and Mary and Moses and Miriam and Sojourner and Anne and our mamas, mamas, mamas and Rosemary. There is enough. There is more than enough. And Vincent, he's standing out there in that river, deep in, smiling, delighted, dancing, believing we can wade deeper, believing we can wade deeper, believing we can wade deeper. When we're tired, we can wade deeper. When we're weak, we can wade deeper. When we're born, we can wade deeper into the river. There is a river. And they're singing to us. The ancestors are all singing to us. Right now, today, as the nations are in an uproar, God only knows what has happened since we came into this space. The nations are in an uproar, and the empires tottered, and the ancestors are singing to us in the river. The mountains shake and tremble at the river I stand. Though the waters roar and foam at the river I stand. The ancestors are singing to us. Dr. Harding is singing to us. There is a river whose streams make glad the cities of God. At this river we stand. And we're going to wade in deep and deeper still. All together, all of us who remember our course, we're going to wade in deeper with Dr. Harding, with Rosemary, with all those ancestors, with Jesus, and whoever else is in there that we may find and surprise us. And this river, this river that makes glad the seas of God, and this river that we stand, guide my feet, hold my hand, take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home.
joining me today in honoring Dr. Vincent Harding. I'll include some links at the end of this transcript where you can learn more about him, hear him in his own voice, and let his questions trouble you in just the right way you need troubling. We'll be back for Pentecost with new voices joining us, so watch for that. You can find out more about Surge at showingupforracialjustice.org, and our podcast lives at SoundCloud. Search on The Word is Resistance. You can interact with me there if you have questions or need help with action ideas, and transcripts are available as well on our website, which include any references, credits, and copyright information. As always, blessings to you in all that you do to resist injustice, and in all that you do to build up a new world. Love and liberation, beloveds. Love and liberation. Until next time, I'm Reverend Ann Dunlap. Thank you so much. Children, love.